Hi, you're listening to Secrets for an Inspirational Life with me, your host, Mimi Novik. I'm so happy and thrilled to have you here with me. I have created this series for all of us so we can change our world together and live a more holistic and balanced life. Together, we will share lots of inspiring stories from all walks of life, speak with leading experts, enjoy healthy living ideas, explore music and subjects that inspire each other to always have hope. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate all of you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Secrets for an Inspirational Life. How are you all today? I hope that you are all well. I hope the things in your world are a little peaceful and that you are able to find some tranquility in these testing times. One of the most important things I think in life is to find the ultimate peace. And we hear so much about finding happiness, but not so much about finding peace, whereas happiness is that eternal journey. It's not really, I don't believe, a destination, as also peace and peace of the soul and of the heart and of the mind. There is really nothing quite like it, because unless we have that peace within ourselves, we really can't impart that on the world. Everything will be turbulent in our world if we cannot, as individuals, as human beings, as beings of the divine, can find that ultimate peace. And that comes through this journey of life. One of the most important things that I have found in life is in order to find peace is really to accept oneself in our entirety. And whatever gives us peace, that is always the right road to take. Now, I am very excited and really delighted to welcome my guest today. She is the singer, an actress, and also a songwriter, amongst many other things, Minush Kaftel. Minush is originally from South Africa and came to London to study singing with Ian Adam who, by the way, taught Sarah Brightman and Michael Crawford. I have to say, we're going to play her songs at the end of the podcast, and her voice is beautiful, I have to say. One of her passions is to promote harmony and unity to different cultures. And this led her to travel to Russia and to sing in front of large audiences, which she's going to tell us about. While she was in Russia, she sang on the same bill as Run DMC, AHA, China Crisis, and David Coverdale. Her music has led her to appear in the dance charts with a song called Frozen Love, which she actually also co-wrote. Minu, she's also an actress, and she has appeared in many TV shows and serials, including the popular EastEnders, as well as being a judge with Graham Norton. She is 
especially interested in psychology and spirituality. That's something I have to say close to my heart. She actually has produced a CD, which is with Jewish music as a direct link to God and to each other. And I think that's something that's really important in these times is to find that connection to God. And more recently, her song, Oh Child, has been used in the film Mother's Child. And that is released at the moment. I think it only only recently got um, put out there into the world. During recent times, she has been doing concerts online for global fusion music and other shows, where she hopes to spread joy and comfort through her songs. For even though, as she said, we are isolated in so many ways, we can still connect through song from our own homes, wherever that may be in the world. Today, she's going to share her journey and her story. Welcome, Minouche. Thank you so much, Mimi. It's lovely to be here. I'm sitting on my couch at home, but I'm talking, oh, how to, lovely. talking to everybody, and it's wonderful to be here. Oh, thank you very much. You know, Minouche, it's such a pleasure to have you here. And I was delighted that you would come and share your life story with us today and the listeners, because I think you are an exceptionally interesting lady. Now, tell us a little bit. I always ask my guests this at the beginning, but tell us a little bit about where your journey, because I know you're an actress and you're a singer and you do all sorts of things but take us back a little bit and tell us a little bit about your life. So I grew up in Johannesburg, South Africa. Later on actually Nelson Mandela moved in next door and I got to meet him and that's another oh, wow! Story. <laughs> a lot of these things seem to just happen to me. I really believe that I've lived before. I believe in reincarnation mm-hmm. but I feel that I was born to sing. Ever since I was a child I was singing And I used to go and sing in our snooker room where the acoustics are really good and pretend I was singing in front of audiences. And I knew this was something I wanted to do and I was very determined, but I kept it to myself. And then when I was 10 years old, I sang Over the Rainbow, which was my first performance in public. Mm -hmm. And I was listening to people like Judy Garland, Streisand, Petula Clark, Nina Horn, Ella Fitzgerald, and I was singing along with them and not realizing that I was hitting all these high notes. I just thought it was normal uh, to be able to do that. My dad was a composer, is a composer, and I always grew up listening to him playing the piano. We had a piano and I had a very good ear for music. I could always work out songs with my right hand on the piano, but I wasn't very good at practicing piano. (laughs) Mm. I I really wanted to learn guitar, which I'm learning now, but learning piano was a very good basis for me because I did a music degree and you needed piano. So I learned how to read music. And I was involved in shows. I loved being on stage. I was in Fiddler on the Roof with Jewish Youth Theatre with Toby Kushlik, who's a famous director in South Africa. I just loved being on the stage. It's something special, something magical that happened. I also did Guys and Dolls. I did Cabaret and lots of different productions. And But it was always the recording, I think, that really called to me in the studio. That happened later, though, because mm. I was really into the technique of singing. So what happened is... When I was about 16, I joined a performing arts workshop, which was a school after school. 
I remember I was so nervous when I went to audition, like my knees were shaking. I thought I was like Elvis. <laughs> but I was lucky that they could hear through. And I got into the school and they started talking to me about doing a Bachelor of Music degree. And they started training my voice. And when I went to sing for this opera singer, Joyce Barker, who's very famous and has done many, many operas all over the world, she said to me, you're a soprano. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm an alto. And she's like, I've got news for you, darling, you're a soprano. Because I kept going higher and higher and higher. And I was only like 17. And she really nurtured me. and was a mentor for me, a very important mentor for me. So I went and did a music degree. And in the third year of music school, we did other productions. We did an opera. We did the Mikado. Um, we performed at the Black Sun, which is a cabaret venue in South Africa. And then after university, I performed at the Gaborone Sun, which you would be at the pool in the day and then doing cabaret at night. I love that experience. It's such fun. And then I went to sing in Russia. So how did that happen? Yes, how did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> so what happened is we went to Cannes. Uh, but before I went to Cannes, I released a single on a compilation album, actually, on a Christmas compilation album. And other artists included Bing Crosby, Ran, um, Elaine Page, and BZN, Amy Lou Harris. So it's quite an mm -hmm. honor to be on that album. And what I wanted to say- That's quite an achievement, actually. It was my first release. And what I wanted to say about the whole spiritual aspect and being positive, so I, was determined that this is what I wanted to do. But I didn't know the how. I just knew this was the goal. I wanted to get a record out. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know how I was going to do things. I just knew I wanted to sing. It wasn't necessarily about being famous. It was about expressing myself creatively and singing. And I just knew this was in my soul. And my name in Hebrew, uh, Menucha, which was my great-grandmother's name, Mm -hmm. means me, means melody in Hebrew numerology and gematria. It's the same as nigun. I love that. That's amazing. So in actual translation, it means rest. And you were talking about being peaceful. So I do like to rest and I do like to sleep, but I also like to be active. I think we're resting a bit too much now with being, being locked up. <laughs> but um, I am a very peaceful person. I don't like conflict and I don't believe is in the arguments are necessary. I will state my case. Mm -hmm. I think something is blue. I'll say it's blue if I feel it's blue, but I don't have to convince somebody else that it's blue. So I don't believe that there's right or wrong. I believe in feelings. And there's a Jewish concept, shalom, by it. And the word shalom, and mm -hmm. I often sing about this in my concerts, and I sing it to all different audiences of different faiths and cultures comes from the root shalane, which means complete. And I believe that if we are complete and feel have inner peace, we can have outer peace. Absolutely. So I do find conflict um, unnecessary. And mm -hmm. I don't like to shout, and shouting is not good for the voice as well. So where was I? I was talking about my release. And in terms of being positive, mm. so I also think it's important to be real. So if you're feeling negative, you have to say you feel negative. You can't just put a whole lot of positivity on top of negativity. You have to release the negativity. But I was always into positive thinking. And when this release happened, there was a moment when they thought it wasn't going to happen, that they wouldn't be able to get the rights to some of the songs. 
Mm. And I I was just calm and I just thought, no, it's going to happen. And I did some meditation around it and it happened. And that song was played every year on South African radio because it was re-released. The Christmas single was re-released. So that oh, was okay. And how did you get onto the album? So what happened was after music school, I did oh. a demo. I recorded in the studio and I went around to a few studios. I just drove around to them. There were less studios then in South Africa. There were about five. And I dropped off my demo and there was a woman there who said, called me up later, and she said, this guy, Mike Slavin, has written a song that I think would really suit your voice. So I went and I sang the song. And then a few months later, Chris Kritzinger of Transistor Records said they were doing a Christmas compilation album, and I was the only local artist in South Africa to be on the album. So oh it's about, you know, they say, um, oh, you've got to be lucky. But no, you make your own luck. And I also believe that, a lot of it is, as you said, it's the journey, not the destination, but there's a lot of stepping stones. So it's how, when you go back in time and you think, well, how did it happen? Actually, I got in my car and I dropped off a demo. Yes, I was lucky to meet somebody who put me in touch with somebody to do the demo. Mm. And But I put myself out there. And that's the message that I want to say to everybody, because I'm talking a lot about myself and my career, is don't hide your light. You know, don't hide your light under a bushel. We're all here to shine in different ways. If you've got a talent, you need to express it. There's a saying or a, um, something that we learn about in the Jewish tradition that says that God will ask you not um, at the end of your life, not why didn't you be like this one? Why didn't you be like that one? He will ask you, why didn't you be like yourself? We've all come into this world with something unique and something special and different to offer. And there That's is a very a, powerful line, actually. Thank you. There, people sometimes, I know with myself even, because I've skipped a lot of the journey, you know, there was a time um, when I was from the ages about 10 until 17 when I got quite shy. I got quite shy. And I think there is a part of me that is a little bit shy, even though I can be outgoing and I like people and I'm not shy to sing on stage. And we were taught how to control our nerves at the performing arts school that I went to. But there, there is a tendency sometimes I want to build other people up. So mm. I want other people to feel good. And sometimes I don't, you know, we have to push ourselves forward as well. So what happened with Russia is we went to Cannes. My dad was managing me and mm -hmm. I was recording some songs. And how that happened was Herbert Kretzner, who wrote the lyrics for Limisagab, a South African, Mm. He um, watched my video of my final year recital, which I got a first for at music school for my Bachelor of Music degree. And that again, you know, I started off, I hadn't studied music. I had a bit of piano, but I was reading the rudiments of theory on the beach. I was quickly catching up because <laughs> I, I went to a, a normal school. I got a good education, mm. but I didn't study music at school. So I had a lot of catching up to do with harmony and theory. And by the end of four years with the mentors that I had, Walter Malan, who was my pianist, and he arranged everything for me, and Joyce Barker, and slowly, slowly, I got a first. And I got a first in Hebrew as well. And then I did this final year recital in front of 400 people and four professors. And it was videoed, and my dad sent it to Herbert Kretzmer in London. And he said, you should come to London to study with Ian Adam. 
who taught Sarah Brightman and Michael Crawford. So when we came on holidays, that's what I was doing. And then my, when we came on holiday as well to London, mm. I met this, uh, my dad met the songwriter and then I was recording some of his songs. Again, it's, um, it's a process, it's a journey. And those songs, I have released other CDs apart from the Jewish music CD. Mm-hmm. What's that called, um, Minush? So my Jewish CD is Jewish music as a direct link to God and to each other. Mm-hmm. And it's all about connection. It's about using the music to connect to Hashem, to connect to God. And if you believe, and I'm, I'm not saying everybody has to believe in God but you can believe in something greater than yourself because sometimes we just can't do things on our own. We need an extra help from the universe, from somewhere else. We don't know what's going on. Like right at the moment, you no, know, we, the whole world, doesn't know what's going on. But there Absolutely is we don't. something greater. Like sometimes I'll go outside, I'll talk to the trees or the clouds. Mm. There's something greater than ourselves that can do it. Absolutely. Just before actually that... Um hold that thought because I wanted to just say something what happened uh, before we came on air I was um, I try not to look at the news as we were saying before but um, I read something I'm not even going to repeat it um, but I suddenly had this feeling of oh dear and then another voice which is the voice of my heart said to me what are you worried about? Do you think that the one who created all of this and the planets and the universes doesn't know what's going on? And in that moment, I found that serenity. So I yes. totally understand what you're saying. That peace. Mm. Mm. Because we can't mm. control things. I think that's one thing I've learned from all of this is we can't control things. And I've always been somebody who's a homebody. But after seven months of staying at home, <laughs> it's getting a bit much. <laughs> and it, yes, uh, it's sort of, I understand that as well. <laughs> I, know, really I talk to people, they say, actually, you know, and you know how it is in the arts. Um, a lot of us and writers and musicians and that, we can be quite solitary people. Exactly. Whenever you talk to somebody now, they say, well, you know, I do like being alone and that, but I think I've had enough for a while. I, I wouldn't mind going out for a day. <laughs> because when I was coming home to unwind, it's because I've yes. been out there being on a film set for 12 hours. Why being an empath, you know, when you're around people or you're on the tube yes. and mm. you're traveling, to, you're commuting two and a half hours a day. When you come home, you just want to unwind and you come back to your space and it's a lovely space. And now it's like, I don't even let the cleaner come over. <laughs> and it's, you could have friends over or you could choose to be alone. So as mm. I, said, I like my own company, but I'm also very sociable and I miss my friends. And I think when you contacted me and you said you connected to something that I wrote on Facebook, that was really very special to me. So thank you for that. Um, it's a pleasure. I, I, I thought about, um, you know, when I started the podcast, I wanted to be in contact with people who really resonated um, on a different frequency. Because when you're resonating on a different frequency, you know, it's just, I don't need to tell you this, you can lift other people. And this is the whole point, is that it's a time now where it's important for us to lift 
not only ourselves, but to know there's a greater power that's lifting us. You know, without on our own, we can't really do anything. That's my belief. It has to be something that is divine. I call it God. People can call it the universe, whatever, whatever resonates with them. But really, without that majestic power, that real force, we're really quite powerless in a lot of ways. But at the same time, we are so powerful. Yes, and the title of my CD, which I got a grant from the Jewish Music Institute, it was the Millennium Award to retrace the And it's Jewish music is a direct link to God and to each other. So through the music, we can connect to God, but we also connect to each other. There's unity. And Mm. the Hebrew word for oneness, Echad, is the same um, gematria numerology as Ahava, love. And we are all connected. So even though we might be isolated or some of us are more alone than others, if you live alone or I haven't got Mm -hmm. family in the UK, every single soul is connected and the trees are connected and the clouds are connected. The whole world is connected. Yes, it is indeed. Nobody is. And you know what, you know, Minoush, I wanted to ask you something. You know, when you say about this connection, and I know that you just mentioned that you're an empath, how are you finding these times? Because being an empath, tell the listeners in in your own sort of words what an empath is, because some people may not know the word, but they will recognize exactly what you're saying. I think it's that I, I pick up emotions. I pick up what's going on in the air. So there's a lot of fear around. I tend to feel things before other people feel them. I'm sensitive to energies. But ironically, I'm not actually being bombarded with anything at the moment. So all I have is my own energy and mm. what's happening in the world. I do watch the news sometimes because I like to keep up with what's going on. But I've, you know, I have had some bad dreams about this I've had some nightmares I'm trying to keep myself as safe as possible I'm trying to do positive things when it first started I um, took up as I said the guitar again I was decluttering I found old cassettes and songs that I'd written and I was actually quite enjoying it but then after a while as we were saying it just got too much so ironically as an empath I'm less stressed in a way because I'm on my own, but I miss that being stressed. I miss being with lots of people. I miss the crowds. And on Zoom, I do a lot of Zoom things. I've been to things in America, in Australia. I've been all over the place. I've been traveling. I don't pick up energies in the same way. So it's quite interesting. So I'm I'm less sensitive in a way. That's interesting because I've talked to a few empaths about this and they are actually feeling a lot of peace at the moment. It is not as crazy for them as it was, say, towards the end of the year. Um, It was very strange. I was talking to someone, I think I've spoken about it actually on one of the podcasts with somebody, but last year it was a very strange time, I found. And it was, in a way, an apprehension for something. There was something, as they say, in the air. As soon as this um, whole lockdown began I actually thought to myself oh okay so this is what it was and it was a certain knowingness that we as mankind have to go through whatever we're going through at the moment. It's interesting because last year I was very very active 
Mm. I went to South Africa for a wedding. I had a great time. I saw my family. I saw friends eating South African food. I was drinking robust cappuccino. I had a birthday party. I had 60 people at the Bull and Bush Pub. I don't normally have parties. I went to agency parties. I was seeing friends. I was very, very active. So I've got a lot of good memories. <laughs> yes. It's like, I don't know. I'm, I really don't know. I don't have any answers and I don't know if this was meant to be. Sometimes I feel like it wasn't meant to be, like this is an accident. And when I, I was already in touch with what was happening before it was happening. Like I went yeah. into lockdown before everybody else. And I don't, I do think we are being traumatized. There's, there's a lot of trauma happening and some people are handling it better than others. And I suppose there's no right or wrong. Everybody's different. And yes, some, everyone's different. It's true. Said, oh, I'm not going to let uh, her daughter was diagnosed with it. And she said, I'm not going to let it stop me. I won't let fear rule my life. And I've been feeling the fear. So, but the fear, I suppose, has been keeping me safe. Everybody's different. The most important thing is not to judge. Everybody has their own way of doing things and that's okay. And I think with my journey, with my music, things have just happened to me and mm. I've been in the right, I've been in the flow. And I think now I've been feeling like my flow has been interrupted because I would go out and I would bump into Helena Bonham Carter down the road, you know, I'd bump into a photographer or I'd meet people and things would just happen for me. I mean, this has just happened the way we met. So that's, kind of being in the flow again, which is great. Mm. But my normal flow of, oh, I'm just going to go out for a walk now because I feel like going out for a walk now and then bumping into somebody. And that did happen to me, actually. I bumped into somebody from South Africa um, who I knew years ago. So that thing, it does still happen, but it can't happen in the same way. So if I just tuned into myself, I would be like, okay, now I feel like doing this. And then somehow something would magically happen for me the way when I went to sing in Russia, you know, mm. we went and, and at the end of the last day of our trip, we met this Russian impresario, so Russian agent. <laughs> he said, um, he read my music, a Russian agent. He said, yeah. You mean a music agent? Music agent. Yes. <laughs> As opposed to the other type. Okay. <laughs> we do something. And this was in the time, you know, it was, it was 91. So things were, we arrived there and somehow he faxed my dad and invited me to sing on this bill with all these famous artists and Time Machine, it was a very famous Russian band. And there were 12,000 people in the audience of Minsk Olympic Stadium. And it was televised all over the world and like in Eastern Europe. And like, I don't even know exactly where it was televised. <laughs> I just know that they said like a lot of people saw it. And I was mm. interviewed on Russian TV and I um, went to the studio and met Igor Nikolaev who wrote a song for me. and. He was um, representing Natasha, who was a famous Russian singer, and I recorded it there. And it was a great experience. And how did that happen to me? Like, and my grandparents were from Riga, Latvia. So when I can, mm -hmm. I look Russian, I've got blonde hair and brown eyes. So I came from South Africa, and I was the first South African to sing in Russia. And, and then I came on the stage and I looked Russian. And they were like, <laughs> I learned a few words. I learned Yalublu Ruski, which means I love Russians. Oh. <laughs> and, I autographs and, and then I was singing things like I Will Survive and, and pop songs. And they got up and they started dancing. The, the video is actually on YouTube. You can find it. It's called Russian Roots. So you can see a, the half an hour program of me 
singing in Russian. And it's called what? Russian Roots. Russian Roots. And then also, um, I landed up selling that program to Israeli TV. And that, again, happened by chance because my father's in the movie business. When mm. I came to London, I met one of his colleagues. And then she said, oh, just hang around. I'll give you a lift home. It's safer. And then she was meeting with these people from Israeli TV. And she said to them, oh, you might be interested in this because a lot of Russians had come to live in Israel. Next mm. thing I knew, my video was being shown on TV in Israel. I remember a friend of mine coming back to South Africa and saying to me, I've just been watching you. I was at the gym. <laughs> I was watching So these things would happen and I wouldn't be aware of it or people would be playing my music or buying my music. This even happened with EastEnders. My agent wrote to me and said um, that somebody had written to her asking for fan, it was fan mail. And they tracked me down and asked me to sign this autograph and post it back to them. They were huge EastEnders fans. So these things just happened to me in my life and it's great to be in the flow, but I have felt lately like my flow has been interrupted, but the whole flow of the world has been interrupted. But we can only do positive things and still be positive and do things on Zoom and help each other and connect to each other. This is for sure. But, you know, I always think that when we are in this flow, every single one of us has their own flow. When you think about it, and I always go back to the basics, we are actually so much, how can I say, we are nearly 70 to 80% water as beings, as human beings. Now, we are affected by the moon, by the tides, by everything. So we each have our own flow, but ultimately we're all flowing into the same ocean. So if our flow... I'm just putting this out there, is interrupted. All it means, you know, like the river, it doesn't try to push anything. It goes around it. So it's really to find our own way of how to keep flowing amongst yes. all these obstacles. Yes. And there are positive things that have come out of this. I've been talking to people all over the world on Zoom. Mm. I've met people I never would have met. I like traveling. But I, I haven't been to L.A. and I've met people in L.A. Mm -hmm. So there are things that are different and positive things we can take from this. And at the beginning of the pandemic, I was ordering pancakes online. Very exciting. From Iceland. They have the best. <laughs> and this, this has given me joy. These pancakes. <laughs> they plain pancakes or have they got you a know, filling? They, no, they plain pancakes. And you know what? Um 20 seconds in the microwave, they're delicious. <laughs> I <should be> <laughs> oh, the small pleasures of life, Minutia, I tell you. Also, my hair's grown. Like, I've always had long hair, but my hair's grown even more because <laughs> I haven't been able to go to the hairdresser. And I've just been washing my hair and it's been in good condition and it's just grown. And for years it wasn't growing. I didn't know how this happened. And um, a lot of things like that have happened. It's been very strange. But I am really missing my friends and my family because my family's not here. If I just had one person who was here, that would mean a lot to me. And I've got a lot of friends, but it's different to having friends from school or to having family. Yeah. Because family mm. you would see, that would be your bubble. Mm. Mm. Or you live alone. If you live in a household, that's your bubble. So I am my bubble. And what else did I want to tell you when I was talking about Russia? So that happened. And then... When I went back to South Africa, mm -hmm. I stayed an extra week 
and this was years ago, and I wasn't going to stay. And then that morning, my dad came into my room and he said, the president's here, who was president at the time, Mandela, do you want to meet him? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And I was, um, I thought I was dreaming and I almost went back to sleep. So that kind of thing happens to me. And then I had a chat with Nelson Mandela in my lounge. I didn't have to go anywhere. Like now I'm in my lounge. Tell us more. You must tell us more now. How was that? It was amazing. He's got a very firm handshake. He's very tall. He was. And mm -hmm. he moved in next door, my parents, as you do. Mm. <laughs> These things just kept, you know, just kept happening to me. Very interesting life. And hopefully more to come, but it's it's just yeah it's it's like being a trailblazer, like always being on the at the forefront of new things happening. And I went to study at the College of Psychic Studies, and I met Sinead O'Connor, who happened to be in my class. There were ten of us, and I was talking to her. I was talking, generally speaking, about meeting Mandela, and then she introduced herself, and she was she's was really keen on, on him and wanted to know the whole story. So. And I was listening to a lot of her music at the time. And as I was saying, these things just happen. And then I used to dream music in my sleep and people compared me to Kate Bush, but I never modeled myself on Kate Bush. I used to listen a lot to Streisand and they called me the Streisand of South Africa. And, oh, I love and, her, actually. And then there was an article that Simon Rocker wrote about me in the Jewish Chronicle where he called it Heavenly Harmonies, which was such a beautiful headline. How beautiful. Yeah, and I made up the harmonies myself. They just came. And talking about some of the songs, if I can talk about Oh Child a bit and I've been a Of course, of course you can. So what happened, mm -hmm. I was singing to myself one night and this song came through me and the words and the melody happened at the same time. And Oh Child was written. And I don't mm -hmm. know who wrote it. <laughs> I wrote it. But it came from somewhere else. And... It's the song of comfort. So I believe we have a child part inside us and we need to look after this part of ourselves and not abandon ourselves. And when I wrote Frozen Love, I wrote the words on the tube. It took me five minutes and it was published by Warner Chapel. So I believe music is very healing, but it also gives joy. And you can sing happy songs as well. And then the prayer, Avinu Malkainu, which is on my CD, mm -hmm. uh, the Jewish CD, which can be found on Amazon and CD Baby, it's for sale. And um, that's is that in Hebrew, Minush. Um, Avinu Malkanu is in Hebrew. And okay. there are songs on the CD that are in English as well. And O Child is on the CD as well. Okay. And that is a prayer that we sing at the end of Yom Kippur, which has just happened. It's just the Jewish New Year has just started. Mm -hmm. And we talk about. Um, mistakes. I like to use the word mistake rather than sin that we've made in the past year. And a mistake is the Hebrew word for hate, mistake, is like missing the mark. So it's like an archer just missing the mark. So it's just to be gentle on ourselves because I think often we do repeat the same mistakes, unfortunately. Yeah, but we try, not to. we try not to. And I believe that, as you were saying before, it's about the journey, not the destination. So we always growing, we're always evolving, we're always learning. And that's the becoming. It's not like we have to get to a place where we have to become happy. I think a lot of people want things in life because they think this will make me happy. But mm -hmm. it's important just to be happy right now. But even if you're not happy, 
to be authentic just and not to judge it. And I heard somebody saying the other day, like he was saying, he always thought, oh, you must be positive, you must be positive. But he realized that he was trying too hard. So it's also about letting go and then it will come if it's meant to come and being authentic. So there are a lot of people I think that are not, I don't want to judge, but often there's a disconnection and people don't know they're disconnected. And they talk a lot about we must be positive and they only want to hear positive things. But sometimes in order to resolve things, you have to talk about the negative. And then you come to a place where you can be positive, but more integrated and more authentic and more real and honest. It's true. I had a friend and she was always saying to me, you have to be positive. You have to be positive. You have to be positive. And it was a sort of a mantra. And I said to her, I remember saying to her, Minush, I said to her, look, you have to take the dark with the light because one doesn't exist without the other. And you have to be real. Exactly. And unless you're real, you end up just, it's not, it's not real. It's not authentic, as you say. It's just a facade. And, you know, the best songs have been written by the saddest people, <laughs> the best poetry, the best books, you know. So it is embracing both the light and dark within us in order to find that eternal light. Exactly, yes. And I did a diploma in, in integrative art psychotherapy and it was using mm -hmm. emotions to express creativity um, or using creativity rather to express the emotions. But it's I find that fascinating. Tell us a little bit more about that. So we would work with different art forms, poetry, puppetry, drama, music. For me, yeah. I was a bit too perfectionistic with my music. There's art, you could draw and things would come out, the unconscious would come out, we'd pick up puppets. So I picked up a puppet, it was this black puppet called Jermaine, and he was like the singing part of me, who knew? You know, like the unconscious, the subconscious comes out when you're not expecting it, and you're yeah. not judging it. And sand play as well. And yeah, it's using the arts to express emotion. And through my acting, so I became, I've always been interested in acting, but later on, being in touch with all your emotions makes you a better actress. It's like you can express all the emotions with a lot of life experience. Mm. It makes you it makes you better at your craft. So acting for me has been quite a lot of fun. I was on, I did a commercial for Good Morning Britain called Good Evening Britain. They did an episode at night instead of in the morning. Mm. That, was, that was a lot of fun. And it was comedy. And I was also on a, a comedy thing with the Big Shack and they had 500,000 views on YouTube. I wasn't expecting that. It just kept going up and up and up. It was a very energetic year last year. I think that's what the energy was quite frenetic and quite haywire. There was a lot going on. And I recorded two songs then as well. One as a present for my dad's 82nd birthday. It was a song he wrote. And another song which can be found on YouTube called Smile. Um, which mm -hmm. is a beautiful song, which I really love. And uh, there was just a lot of activity and I felt moved to travel and I went to Greece. And these are the things now that I can't do, which is difficult because if you're having a hard time in the past, I could just hop on a plane and go see my family or I went on an organized trip with people to Greece, which was great. Mm -hmm. With the acting, I was on something else called Quiz where I played a jury member. It was about um, who wants to be a millionaire when the guy cheated. Oh, and 
Yeah, I got a role as an ITV drama and I was on the jury. Did you? That's interesting. It looked quite different. My hair's up and I was coughing and as because what he did is he coughed to cheat or he didn't. We don't know. And um, I got got to cough (laughs) a lot. Was that based on a true story? Yes, it was. Yes. It was very well done. And the director was an amazing director to work with. He'd done Dangerous Liaisons. He'd done all these great things. Mm. And that's one of the things I'm finding hard now is that I can't go filming because I'm, I am scared to be on a film set. They are taking a lot of precautions and they make people have tests and everything. But a lot of it for me was about the fun of being on set and seeing friends and mm. hugging your friends and never knowing what's going to happen. Mm. Or, mm. Or, and acting for me is... As I said, it's a lot of fun. Singing, I take more seriously. It's what well, I, I, acting is also a craft, but I've got four years' degree in music and I'm very perfectionistic about my singing. Not that I'm not, <laughs> I don't have high standards with acting, but it is fun. You get to play all these different parts, you get to be a nun, <laughs> you get to. I know you, you can do all sorts of things and get paid for it. I, it just, yeah. It's an ideal um, life in some respects, but. but- I know a lot of people, Minush, in the film industry, and they are filming some of them, but they are having to do really difficult things in order to be, you know, deemed as safe on set. So they have to go through a lot of sort of um, hoops and things to actually work. And a friend of mine, he said to me, this was a few weeks ago, but he had like a month's worth of filming on a series, but he said it has taken out, as you said, all the fun. That's the thing. So mm. I've turned down work and I hate turning down work. Mm. And I, I was offered two voiceover jobs and I was going to go. I was going to, but I don't drive. And I was going to go on the tube and put on a mask and a visor. Mm-hmm. And then I thought about it and I thought, okay, it's a corporate job. It's not a commercial. I prefer commercials and it, it it pays, but it doesn't pay as much as commercials. I love doing it and I'm good at it. I love being mm. in the studio, speaking as well as singing. And I thought about it and I thought they were going to have six other people there before me using the same microphone and the same headphones. And I, they said they were taking precautions, but I just thought it's not worth it. It's not worth the risk. And I didn't go. And I have been offered another one. And then I was offered some filming jobs which look like a lot of fun and I can't say what they are because they haven't come out yet mm-hmm. but I thought no it's it's not fun for me maybe if I was driving I don't want to have a test if I don't need to have a test and yeah I, there's too much that surrounds it in order to do um what you would like to do and I think you've got to do again what brings you peace Yes, exactly. And it's a risk. I mean, some people I know are going or they go with their wife and they go in a car so it's safer and they're in their little bubble. For me, I haven't felt comfortable doing it. And I thought this is a chance for me to do, which is what I was always born to do, which is my music and my singing, which I never stopped doing anyway. I was still Mm. doing performances. This is something I can do via Zoom. And this is something that's very true to my heart and I, as I said, I, it's in my name and there's a Hebrew tradition that your name is who you really are. So the way I found out that my name means melody was I was reading a book on music and Kabbalah just by chance. And then I saw it was the same gematria numerology. So 
it, as it feels like I was born to sing. Mm-hmm. And this is something positive I can do now. And music is there. We don't have to. I like being on stage and I like singing in front of thousands of people. And, and ironically, I'm socially distanced because I'm on the stage and everybody else is in the audience. But those things aren't happening now. And I am sad for my musician friends who are out of work and mm. the theaters and things like that. But we can still give music. We can still listen to music. We can still give joy in the ways that we can. And we have to adapt. And I just wanted to say to everybody, you know, you're not alone. We're all in the same boat. And just hang in there and this too shall pass. And it's about the journey. Yeah, not the destination. Things are hard. And they're harder for some than for others, wherever you are in the world. And nobody could have predicted anything like this would happen. I feel like I love science fiction. And I feel like I'm living in a science fiction movie. I've actually stopped watching some science fiction so much. (laughs) I I, I understand why. I mean, I was never a fan of it. But I saw glimpses of it and I and I suddenly thought, actually, a few weeks ago, I thought, yeah. is this real? If I, you know, when you're having a dream sometimes, I don't need, and I think, am I going to wake up from this and find out that this has been a dream? It doesn't feel real. It really doesn't feel real. No, either. it doesn't feel real. I can't believe what's happening. And I do think that we're all in trauma and some mm. not realizing it or maybe we'll realize it after it. I, I come from a family. My grandfather lost his family in the Holocaust. Mm. his sisters and her one sister was Miss Lithuania and the stories that I heard and the baby's head was smashed against the wall terrible stories and the trauma that got passed down and trauma can be generational and it's but some people are taking it in their stride um what's happening now with the pandemic some people seem to be handling it well as I said everyone's different we can't judge everyone's Mm. different I think one of the most important things in life, in any case, whatever we're facing, you know, whatever the trauma in our life and whatever this is highlighted in our life is that we shouldn't fear. I think fear is really one of the most dangerous things because if we live in a constant state of fear, we're not really living. We are just existing it's a difficult one, Mimi, because, you know, mm. uh, there's a song in Hebrew, um, mm. which I can sing next time, which says the most important thing is not to be afraid. But yeah. I believe that feelings are just feelings. Like there's no negative feelings. Like there's, mm. there's the book written, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. So, Oh, I read that. Yes, yes. Sing in front of thousands of people. Mm. I remember my mother asking me, aren't you nervous? <laughs> you don't <laughs> want to hear that just before a performance or... And mm. when I was in Leeds, I sang and this lady said to me, you're sold out, you better be good. <laughs> no, <laughs> no pressure. So, you know, if I wasn't going to, you know, I would just stay in bed all day. But, of course, there is fear there, but you learn how to deal with it or you practice or you perfect your technique. That's what I learned at music school is to have a good technique that helps mm. with the fear and to know you don't have to be perfect all the time, even though I'm a perfectionist. So I think there was a lady who said she's going to pray for me not to be afraid. And I thought, no, no, I'm actually fine being afraid. Because I think fear can sometimes teach you, like, oh, be careful, don't do this. But I'm scared of flying, but I still fly. Well, not at the moment, but I would still fly. I've gone on 23 hours to South Africa. So just because I'm frightened of it doesn't mean I won't do it. So I think 
it's an emotion, but there are some people who are fearless and they're like, well, I'm going to the pub every day and I'm fine and everybody else is fine or there are different attitudes about it. And I don't even want to talk too much about it. I think what I feel with, with song, with music and having something that you've been given, we've all been given gifts and we've all been given something to contribute. And I think it's about not being selfish although it is important to have self-care and do, do those things we were talking about before, like go outside for a walk or have make yeah. yourself a cup of tea or have a bubble bath, talk to a friend, have a rest, watch Netflix. What's wrong with watching Netflix? I love Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've watched it a couple of times. I watched the Durrells. Um, <laughs> but I didn't really find anything interesting on there but then I'm, I'm i'm a peculiar type i have to say well, i find them as you know i don't know i've been watching myself i found myself for things that i didn't have time to watch before i've watched some of my friends on things so that's what i, I was catching yeah. up on things i didn't have time to do before but it's like very nice things for yourself and then when i was saying about not being selfish i meant about don't hide your light don't hide your gifts give to the world in a way that only you uniquely can give and with me, it's through song and through music and make a difference to people. So when I say about spreading harmony to different cultures, so I've sung in Turkey and I've been in the studio in Paris and I've been to different places and I'm spreading the same message of peace everywhere I go. And it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, we're all the same in the soul and we can connect through song and through music and promote harmony. And that's what I feel is really important and sort of my mission to do this and to encourage other people to express themselves in whatever way that they have a unique ability to do that and to make a difference to people's lives. And there are people who are making a difference in a small way and nobody knows about it. They could be having a conversation with a friend and helping somebody in that way, but also just to help ourselves as well. It's okay just to be, we don't have to be human doings all the time. We can just relax. We don't have to always be achieving. Though I like to achieve. <laughs> I know it, it's a balance it's a balance which is not always easy to find in life but I totally agree with you Minush is that that you have to find time for self-care and for self-love not in a selfish way because people always say well you just love yourself or you know if we're just going to love ourselves then we can't love anyone but no I, I believe that unless we love ourselves we can't really love anyone else because we first have to nurture and cherish our own soul. And exactly. one thing that I wanted also to ask you was, which interests me, is that you studied at, what is it called? The Psychic, what's it called, that place? The, that the College of Psychic Studies. Would you mind sharing a little bit about that? Yeah. Yes, and I just wanted to quickly say about loving the self. It's the Hebrew is love your neighbor as yourself. It doesn't say love your neighbor and don't love yourself. And it doesn't yeah. say love your neighbor more than yourself or less than yourself. And a lot of people think they are being selfless and they're helping other people, but the help that they're giving might not be good help. It might be disabling people. Mm. Instead of really helping people, when you give something that somebody really needs or you put them onto something good, you know, it's like don't give somebody fish, teach them how to fish. Um, the College of Psychic Studies. So I studied Kabbalah when I was 21 
I studied Kabbalah with the Jewish Buddhists, as you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I learned how to feel energy. So I was healing and then I was seeing things as well. I saw light, amazing gold light around this man. I saw pink moving in and out of my singing teacher, which is love. Mm-hmm. And I was doing a lot of meditation. And then later years, I went to the College of Psychic Studies in South Kensington and I did courses because I've always been very sensitive. And I've learned that instead of denying that sensitivity, actually, why not embrace it and become more sensitive because it's there anyway. And I did courses on seeing auras and also on um, psychic protection. And I am very open. I've been told my chakras are very open. And sometimes I need to close down a bit, but I have closed down a lot because I'm alone a lot. So that those issues aren't there so much, but I have, I tend to feel the feelings that other people aren't feeling. So if somebody um, is going around thinking I'm great, I'm amazing. And they actually deep down, don't feel so good about themselves and they're not aware of it. I'll pick Mm -hmm. that up. It's called disowned self. So I can pick up the disowned parts of people, which I have to be careful of. And it's not actually mine. Um, so it was very interesting and I enjoyed it very much, but I also think it's important not to be too open. And I have had dreams that have come true. So I sometimes have a dream that's true and that can freak me out a little bit. I had, uh, before the tsunami happened years ago, I had a dream about rolling waves and being on a beach and running away. So I dreamt about that before it happened. And I'm just very interested in connecting. I think it's something that everybody has maybe, but they don't tune into it enough or it's some people have it more than others. I'm not sure, but I've often had dreams that have come true, which can freak me out a little bit. And I'm very interested in meditation. And even now I can feel the energy. I can feel my own energy with my hands. And do you do any form of therapy for people or healing at all? I have sometimes on friends, I'll do a healing on them or I'll say, oh, you seem And one person told me I cured their IBS. (laughs) Wow. I had to go to the bathroom straight afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) Because um, I was thinking this is what people need um, right now. I think what I try and do is heal through my music. Yes, that's your channel. Sorry, Mimi, you were going to say this is what people need, healing. Yes, this is what people need is healing. And I actually agree with you. What you say is that we all all have that ability of the sixth sense, but we are afraid or we don't understand it or we have forgotten it. And we need people really like you, Minush, actually, um, in awakening people, whether that be through your music or in other ways, because I think this is the only thing that really is going to put us on the path to save us as humanity, is to awaken that power within. Yes, it's about connection to yourself first, mm. then connection to others and the world and to God. Mm. and. A lot of people, um, they are working very hard. They keep themselves very busy. And they think, I mean, it's great to be working, it's a, it, but it's being busy doesn't get you connected. Mm. I mean, could you do, I, I don't know. I'm just throwing this out there to you. Could you do like 
um, I don't know if you do this, but like, I don't know, like a a course online or something, you know, via Zoom and help people to, for example, which is much needed now, protect their energy and protect their aura, something like that. Because to find people that are really good at it, you know, all, you know, they say all the masters are hidden now, but, you know, there are people like yourself and other people that could really teach these simple things, you know, in a Zoom class or something where people could learn firstly to protect themselves. I think it's also about being grounded. I say as we're mm. grounded, we can reach for the stars, we can reach out like a tree. Mm. And the tree is firmly in the ground with roots. When I do my concerts, I do say before each song something that I feel will help people. But sometimes with music, it can be something fun as well or something, a happy mm. song that also gives people joy. But I try and say something before I sing that's meaningful, like um, the words of the song or make sure that you comfort yourself and do that through the songs. I suppose that's my way of doing it. But I can, yeah, I can feel energies. And... Because people are feeling them more now and they don't know what to do with it. And one of the most... um, requests that I get from people is where do we go where do we go you know for help I had um a really good um homeopath the other day who I've had on before uh Caroline Gaskin and she was saying also in her profession in the complementary medicine which is something that I'm involved in as well complementary health is that people have nowhere to turn at the moment you would think there were places to go to but there are some I can't say entirely there's nowhere but there's not enough places to go to where people can feel safe I agree with you I think what's happening in the world is there's so much attention focused on the drama and I know they talk about people how it's affecting people but not enough attention affected on how it is affecting people yeah and even people who do not have who haven't had issues before or of course people who've had issues before might will be more sensitive to it or maybe less sensitive in some ways because now the whole world is having issues but people I know a friend of mine is an extrovert and he loves socializing and this is driving him crazy it's like I can't go out I can't see my friends and he's normally very upbeat and I think that well we have to deal with the crisis it's like with the war you know we talk about the holocaust terrible things were happening and at the time there wasn't psychology to deal with how and even afterwards it's such a huge thing I I have sung at the Holocaust Survivor Center and I always try and sing songs that are quite upbeat and give them joy Mm. because it's too big a subject to deal with but people are dealing with the crisis that's at hand and yet it's affecting everybody some in bigger ways than others I know some people they're quite like, oh, well, I had it and everybody's had it and it's fine and I'm just seeing my friends and everything's okay. And other people are affected more deeply. But I th- obviously it is affecting everybody. Like if you say to somebody, you're going to lose your job, you're going to lose your relationship, you're going to lose your friends, you're going to lose, you're not going to be able to see your family, you're not going to be able to go out, you're going to lose your freedom. I was talking to this lady in New York the other day on Zoom. I went to a, a meetup group in America 
And it was completely different to what I expected. And I met this lady there, though, and it was great chatting to her. I thought, just go with the flow and see what happens. Mm. She said that she is an introvert, but she's a very active person. And what she misses is her freedom, you know, and we can't go down the road. Like we could go down the road and just go and sit in a restaurant and have a meal on my own. That's what I would do. I'd go and have my salmon salad at my favorite restaurant. I'm a creature of habit. So I would have different things at different places. Quite happy to sit and read my Kindle for a half an hour or charge my phone somewhere or just mm, mm. to getting work and what's going on and even having to push yourself. Oh, I must go swimming today. I must go to the gym today. And now it's like, I miss swimming. I miss the things that I took for granted. And people are going to be having difficulties with dealing this, with this stuff. But because we're in crisis, not much attention can be on that. But there is a need for it. So maybe this is my way of, of helping people. But I feel like it has to come through my songs, I think. Mm. Because mm. I can't do healings. I don't do absent healings. And mm. I can't do, feel the energy of people unless I'm actually feeling it, <laughs> not on their body, but just off their body. So I can't actually mm. do that. But I have a lot of friends who are psychics and healers and I felt them send me healings. It's been really beautiful. And there are a lot of very strong women, very strong, powerful women around and men, but it's, I'm very grateful to those people. I could feel their positive energy. I know we're in a crisis, but also we are in every crisis. There's a huge shift in energy and a huge awakening and I'm of the firm belief I don't know about you but in every crisis in every war in every traumatic disaster that happens we have to have people out there that are going to help other people through it we have to help each other ultimately and not to feel isolated but actually to reach out to each other by whatever means, you know, however we can do it, whether that be by Zoom or telephone or email or, or phone call or whatever. And the important thing is that not to forget that we are actual beings of unity. We're not um, isolated creatures. Exactly. And we're all connected. And mm. I think the first word for crisis is opportunity. So there can be yeah. opportunity in crisis, although obviously we'd rather not have had this crisis. And it was like what I posted on Facebook and I said, could somebody come and visit me outside for 20 minutes? Because I'm being very careful. And yeah. I just wanted to see a familiar face. And I know you said that really touched you. Yeah. And it's knowing it did. that, ironically, a couple of people offered and I actually couldn't do it. I couldn't make it. <laughs> so I, I asked and I actually wasn't available. But it's been lovely. People have come to meet me outside, but I miss my friends that I would do activities with. There's one girl I would sing with a lot and I go and watch her in panto. And a lot of our friendship revolved around doing things together or going to a restaurant together or going to a party together. And some of my friends who've got kids, we wouldn't speak for an hour on the phone, but we, we'd meet up for a coffee or people, we'd meet up for a coffee once every few months. I have a whole lot of girls that I would meet up for a coffee that I can't meet up with. And people I would share activities with. So it's made me look at these things and think, oh, I need to connect in different ways. But then I have connected to other friends in South Africa that I haven't spoken to for years and in other parts of the world. And people that I actually didn't connect with initially or I hadn't spoken to them on Messenger on Facebook. 
And now I'm speaking to them like I'm speaking to you. And that just came from a post of mine where I wasn't trying to promote anything or promote my music or my acting or anything of my own career. I just put something, I'm always very authentic and I'm very honest. I've always been a very honest person, sometimes too honest. And I just said, you know, if there's anybody out there, <laughs> is there anybody out there? Please come over outside for 20 minutes. Do you know it, that actually brought tears to my eyes? I was so touched when you messaged me and mm. said that. It really touched me. And I, yeah, I have been feeling very isolated and I know I'm not the only one. And even mm. though I believe we're all connected, sometimes we do need to be with people or see familiar faces or people we're close we to. We do. Yes. Yeah. I'm doing WhatsApp video calls and I am going to take up the, the one friend who offered to come is also a musician. And he just said, I can come anytime. Just let me know. And it's somebody I've known like 20 years. Mm. And you get comfort out of seeing familiar faces of people who've known you a long time. Oh, yes. It, it, it is really, it is a healing, you know, to see people that resonate with you, that you feel familiar and comfortable with. There's a lot of healing that can happen when you see people that just, you know, you can just have tea and cake with, you know? And you can smile. Like a friend of mine came to visit me in my little garden in my road that I was in a play with years ago and we've stayed in touch and she's a great actress. And she came with her husband who was an MD for We Will Rock You. And Mm -hmm. I was talking to them and I thought, you know, I feel like I'm back in my flow. And then I saw this famous actor um, from Law and Order, I'd just been watching him on the TV two days before. Mm. And he had a cap on, and I thought, you know, I went up to him, but of course, socially distanced. And I said to him, I really like your work. You know, it was a very good scene that you did, and I've just been watching you. And he said, thank you so much, because he had an accident where he wasn't able to work for a while. Oh. And, and I hope that I was bringing him some joy by praising him, but, but I was genuine. I, I never lie. I meant what I said, that... I really mm. was impressed with his acting and he comes across very well on camera. And his girlfriend happens to live like across the road from me. And these things, I did feel, okay, I'm back in the flow. I think it is important to get out once a day, to go for a walk. It is. I live in a lovely area, but I haven't gone outside my area because I won't go on public transport. But what I want to put forward with, with the songs that um, you will be playing is about connecting to everybody And comforting ourselves, looking after ourselves, looking after each other, knowing that we're not alone, even if we feel we're alone. And, you know, I've had a lot of fun in my career. I was on something called Autopsy, where I played a cleaner who found a dead body. (laughs) But it was fun. It was fun in a hotel. Uh, Housekeeping, you know, we can still have um, fun in play that's what I mean we can still do I might be doing some acting workshops we can still be doing fun things we can still laugh we can still be happy and life has changed but it's temporary the problem I think we have is that is we don't know when it will end I think that is the problem it's been going on a long time now so it was easier to be upbeat at the beginning and to think, well, this is interesting. I can stay in. I can declutter. I cleaned out my closet. I threw away some stuff. You know, I was going through all my old CDs. And that novelty, is, that's worn off, which is a shame. Mm. And we don't know when the end will happen. But we have to remember that we can 
we're all in this together. And you reaching out to me, Mimi, meant a lot to me. Oh. Really, really meant a lot to me. And and we hadn't spoken before. Mm-mm. No, but it was something. You know, when you feel something in that moment, and it did, it brought me to tears. I think I cried for about 10 minutes. I, I totally felt what you had written. I totally felt it. And I thought, this lady has to come on the show. She has to, because there's something that I felt that you could actually, with your energy, leave, you know, for the listeners, for people out there to give them hope, because that's so important now. And, you know, we don't know when it's going to end. But one of the most important things that I found in my life is that we don't know when our life is going to end. We didn't know when it was going to begin. We don't know when it's going to end. And I think we take a lot for granted. And ultimately, only God knows the amount of breaths that we have on this earth. And while we're here, let's do something, as you said, let's be ourselves. Let's use that gift that we have been given to live tremendously and wonderfully. That's beautiful. And the Israeli anthem is called the hope, Atikva. And oh. the meditations I've been listening to recently have been mm-hmm. about where I would, before I was listening to abundance meditations, attracting abundance and being open mm-hmm. to it. And I didn't attract something that was so good for me, actually. Oh, <laughs> that's always a bit tricky, I know. <laughs> I was like, I'm open, I'm open. And I'm like, what? What is this? <laughs> so it doesn't always work out the way we thought. You know, they say, we make plans and God laughs, you know. <laughs> oh, I love that saying. I use that so often, actually. <laughs> but now I'm listening to things about hope. And for someone who always believes in living in the present, it's not about, you know, abundance, attracting all this abundance. And I want this and I want that. And it's about hope. And we're not in control. We don't know anything. We really don't know anything. And also gratitude. Like, I know I've heard it before and a lot of people say it, but I am grateful. You know, I'm grateful for the pancakes. I'm grateful for the food that yes. I can get delivered. I'm grateful for the sky and the trees and for this this little home that I have. Um, there's a song I sing on my CD that it says, the little I have, I'm thankful for everything I have. And everything is a gift. Everything has been given to us from God, everything. And it's to be grateful, to just to be grateful to be alive, to be sitting on this chair, to be drinking tea, to be talking to you. There's so yeah. much to be grateful for. And sometimes it is the little things. And they make the huge difference, though, you know. It's like the tea. Um, we were having a conversation earlier, I'll say to the listeners, about tea and how your grandma is it that said that... Um, <laughs> Tea makes everything better, or ha- what did she thought, used to say? She thought that tea would solve every problem. Like I yes. used to get really nervous for my history of music exams because uh-huh. I had like a hundred pages to learn, and I was learning it the day before, and I was trying to remember. And I do have a very good memory; I have a, an extremely good memory. But I was nervous because I was cramming in a lot, and I was studying very hard I landed up getting a first for history of music and I got an A for history of mm. school I can say so myself so I don't know why I was so nervous nobody wanted to talk to me before exams because I was the most nervous person and then I'd get an A 
They'd be like, why, why are you so nervous? But I think my attitude was like to expect nothing, expect to fail, but aim for 110% and give it everything. Mm. Giving it everything I've got sometimes backfires on me because sometimes I'm putting it into the wrong situation. But I think, no, I can make this work. And I, if I put enough energy and I do believe you can achieve anything you want in life. My father always taught me that anything that you set your mind to, you can achieve. So sometimes it's a good attitude, but sometimes we have to know our limits. But with my grandmother, so she would calm me down and she'd go, have a cup of tea. And I'd watch Star Trek <laughs> until seven. That was my break, the original series. And I'd drink tea and I'd have, I'd have dinner as well. And then I would go back to studying. And stuff uh-huh. how it works. <laughs> and now, uh-huh. now sometimes at the beginning of my days, if, you know, I'm thinking, oh, what is my structure today? I think this is the problem. This is what we've, a lot of us have lost our structure, especially, mm-hmm. you know, people who've lost their jobs or people, some people are working from home, but we need structure in our day. And I have been doing a lot of personal development work and meditation. So I do have a structure. But when you get up and you think, you know what, I'm going to have a cup of tea. And yes, there's a bit of caffeine in it, but it's okay. <laughs> I it's think- absolutely okay. <laughs> my it's story absolutely about- okay. Do you have, <laughs> what else do you have? Do you have biscuits with your tea? <laughs> no, it's soya milk. <laughs> Very exciting. But real tea. Real tea. And when I ordered at first when I was ordering food on Iceland, I didn't realize because I'd never been to Iceland before and I didn't realize the value for money and I was ordering bulk. And I didn't realize I was ordering bulk. So I landed up with all these tea bags. <laughs> so I've got so many tea bags to go through. And also I've got um, to- toilet rolls. I ordered like 22 toilet rolls. I've never ever bought 22 toilet rolls. And then my friend in South Africa said to me, you'll get through them. And you know what? I'm through them already. (laughs) And how many pancakes did you buy? (laughs) I got bored of them for a while. I I think I'm I'm having, you know, I I need some more. I think I'm (laughs) craving now some more pancakes. But oh, there's funny things. We are funny, aren't we? As 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 humans, we're such funny because you know. I've traveled like yourself. I mean, I, I traveled all over the world. And one of the most things that I used to love is having kettle um, crisps. And um, I'd have kettle crisps as a sort of, and Twix as a sort of normality. So it doesn't matter what, you know, where you end up, you know, so long as you've got your kettle crisps and your Twix and a cup of tea, all will be well. Yes, it's that familiarity. And you know, I feel like that about my singing is that wherever I am in the world, when I've been in a studio, I always feel at home. And I would walk out of a studio in Hamburg and be like, oh, I'm in Hamburg. I didn't even realize I was in Hamburg. I've been in a studio for hours and hours. And that's now I can't go to the studio, but I can still sing in my kitchen, in the cave. You call it the cave? Yes, I call it the cave. (laughs) It sounds of echo in the cave. I don't know. which people it did. It sounded like you were in a cave somewhere, like I don't know, in some desert, and um, you were coming out into the world, but you were in your seclusion in the cave. That's very interesting. But I kind of like singing in my kitchen. So we can talk about that when I do a singing podcast. Yes. You can tell me what you prefer. Because I picked up the guitar the other day and I just started singing Sounds of Silence in my living room. And people just loved it. I, I couldn't believe how many people loved it. And I used it also as an opportunity to wish people Happy New Year and to stay safe and to Aww. look after themselves. But it was something I hadn't planned. And the same thing when I 
posted what you read on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I was just being very true to myself. And I thought I really would like to see people um, outside just for 20 minutes. And, and I wasn't see? looking for anything. I wasn't looking for any sympathy or any like, oh, she's alone mm-hmm. or families in Australia or South Africa. I just thought I, I need to see people and maybe other people are seeing people because they've, they're with people in their household and they don't realize that there are people who aren't seeing people, even young people. And there's a lot to be said about really opening your heart because look, look what happened. And here you are. And now you will be heard by so many people all around the world. And that is because you reached out. And I think that's rather beautiful. Thank you. And it's about making a difference. And there's a saying again in Hebrew, to serve as an example. So I think by by just being ourselves and Mm -hmm. being we can reach other people. Oh, for sure. For sure. Oh, Minush, I could talk to you, you know, for such a long time. So interesting. And I'm sure you have many and many interesting adventure that you could share with us. And that's why... I'd love you to come back again. But, you know, we've got to now, we've come to the end of the show. And, but before you go, where can people get um, more information about you? Where can people contact you about your work, et cetera? So you can find my uh, music, the the CD can be bought Mm -hmm. on Amazon and on CD Baby. Mm -hmm. And you can also... um, watch things that I've done on YouTube. If you put in Minush, M-I-N-O-U-C-H-E, Keftel, K-A-F-T-E-L, singer, actress. There's a lot of information about me online. Uh, people can reach me on Facebook. I'm very open like that. Okay, and you don't mind people contacting you? No, not at all. And okay. to say about the songs that people will hear, just... I hope they enjoy them and it's about comforting ourselves and it's about God as a mother and God as a father. That's what it is. The one song, Oh Child, is about God as a mother, that mm-hmm. nurturing feminine aspect that we have. And Avinu Malkenu is our father, God as our father. And some of the things that fathers do for us or if we make mistakes, gently guides us you know, like the wax on, wax off thing um, that we saw in the Karate Kid. He didn't know why he was doing that. We learn lessons. I saw that actually about two weeks really? ago. Oh, it's yeah. funny I would mention it randomly. I yes, I absolutely love that. That's that film, that whole series. <laughs> wax on and wax off, wax on and wax I mean, I love Mr. Miyagi. I think he was <laughs> wonderful, wasn't he? Oh, my goodness. That was oh, innocent times, innocent times then. But there's a lot to be learned um, about that. Now, before you go, Minush, something I always ask my guests, if you could give, you know, a short paragraph of wisdom, something that's helped you through your life that you feel would be beneficial and hopeful for other people, what would it be? So please, everybody, be true to yourself. Be authentic. Don't let anybody judge you and don't judge yourself. Don't think because they tell you you shouldn't feel that way that you shouldn't feel that way. If you feel that way, you feel that way. It doesn't matter if it doesn't make sense. Don't try and rationalize it. Don't try and make sense out of it. Don't hide your light. Shine bright. Don't let anybody dim your light. 
the journey is important, not the destination. We are always learning. We are always evolving. Don't judge yourself and don't be too hard on yourself, but keep growing. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you so much, Minush. Thank you for joining me today and for blessing us with your presence. Thank you. Thank you so much. And um, come again. And um, we can listen to some of your songs. You can sing for us and share more of your adventurous journeys that you've been on. And hopefully that you will go on many more to come. Thank you so much and lots of love to everybody. All right, then. Take care. Bye. Bye, Mimi. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Minouche Kavtel. What... An absolutely extraordinary story of one's life that all the things that we go through, in fact, are all chapters within a book called Life. Thank you so much for joining me today. Look after yourselves. Until next time, lots of love. child, it's okay. Oh child, it's alright. Oh child, it's okay tonight. So cry, it's okay. So cry, it's alright. So cry, it's okay tonight. So many people, they let you down. So many people, they mess you around So many people, they let you down and you fall Every day you wonder how And every day you pray somehow And every day you wonder how And you call to me It's okay, oh child, it's alright, oh child, it's okay tonight. So cry, it's okay, so cry, it's alright, so cry, it's okay tonight. Now that he's gone and you're far apart, why did he go and break your heart? Can we try and make a brand new start another time? Why can't things work out just your way? Why did he go and run away? Why couldn't he give on up and stay around this time? It's okay, take care, it's alright Yes, child, it's okay Every night Cause I'm here by your side I'll never leave you behind I'm 
I'm right here by your side all the time, every time. Oh child, oh child, believe me, I'll never leave you. Thank you for listening to Secrets for an Inspirational Life, brought to you by your host, Mimi Novik. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast and see you in the next episode. For more information about Mimi Novik and her books, music, and inspirational work, take a look at her website, www.miminovik.co.uk.